welcome to the Scriptures Are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about elements of the scriptures that have become real to us, and this is part of our special Holy Week edition and series. I'm your host, Carrie Mielstein, and I'm Julianne Mielstein. He's my lovely and talented co-host. And today we are talking about Holy Wednesday, also uh, often called Spy Wednesday. So it gets a little bit complicated. There are a number of things to kind of go through with Wednesday. And, and part of the complications is the disagreement between the different gospel writers as to what's happening on what day. So the Mark account um, has Matthew and Luke don't have anything that they talk about on Wednesday. John's a little bit trickier. We'll do that in a minute. And the Mark account does have some things that it talks about that happen on Wednesday. Uh, for some of those things, they're not talked about in Matthew and Luke, and some of them, they're on a different day. But we'll talk about them, and they're kind of traditionally celebrated on Spy Wednesday. So you want to start us off? Yeah, so the first thing that we are looking at is uh, all the scribes and priests coming together, talking about how they're going to best uh, take Jesus and they are concerned because Passover is coming and they don't want to have a big riot and don't want to upset the uh, general Jewish population. And so they are talking together about when is the best time to go and take take Jesus. Yeah. So what you're going to find, uh, you may have heard uh, people talk about a Mark and Sandwich or intercalation uh, before, but this is where Mark has a story and he interrupts it with another story and then goes back to the other story. So. In this case, that he's got these incidents that are about killing Jesus with another story in between. So the first part of it is the, the plan. They, they decide they need to make a plan to take Jesus so they can kill him. And then we get the interesting story in between. And so then we have the story of a woman, uh, and we have some different variations on this story, but a woman coming with an alabaster box of oil to anoint Jesus's head. And this is a very tender a uh, very giving uh, notion and, and uh, motion uh, that this woman does for Jesus. And he recognizes it uh, as a foreshadow of something much bigger and anointing for his burial. And he's very touched by it. And the, the, the woman is, her own emotions are seen in this story that she's doing this very tenderly with her, with her hair in, in some cases uh, to anoint his his feet um and but it's upsetting and it's kind of the accounts kind of differ here also about who exactly is upset over this whether it's the uh, apostles and disciples in general or if it's just judas um but the the expense of the ointment um that she's using is what's troubling um and in the mark account uh, it says the cost of this anointment uh, ointment is a uh, 300 pence and one pence is equivalent to uh, a one day's wage. So 300 for a, for pence. A, a worker, a day laborer. Yeah. And so 300 pence, that's a lot of money. Almost and a year. <laughs> and so the, the kind of concern is we could give this to the poor. Well, in, in con when it's used in talking about Judas, the comment is made there that he's not really caring about the poor. He's what he's really caring about is that this money, he's in charge of this money and that he's a thief uh, in taking the money for his own use. And that's really where his concern lays, although he claims for 
it's for the poor. But then the savior comes and says, you know, you there's lots of things that money can be used for. Basically, you always have the poor with you. Not that he doesn't care for the poor, but he's recognizing the the significance of this moment and recognizing the significance of this what this woman is doing. And what he says is, let her alone. And I see this, well, we see this again in many different instances that the savior, he, he uh, protects and, and builds up the underdog. And he, he is recognizing the intent and the desire of this woman. We see this also with Mar the story of Mary and Martha about uh, that she is doing the better part that, that when um, Martha comes to complain about Mary. And then we also have the incident with the adulterous woman also where the savior comes to be able to build up uh, someone who's being attacked by uh, those in authority and who are just trying to tear down. So uh, this is just a, a really uh, significant example of the Savior's kindness and love and recognizing the intent of the heart. Good. Then the next story that Mark tells is of Judas agreeing to betray him. And this is why it's called Spy Wednesday because Judas agrees to betray the Savior in Mark's account on this day. So let's get into some of the tricky elements of the timing of the Holy Week. We, we know that not all the Gospel writers have everything in the same order and not always on the same day. In most accounts, Wednesday is kind of an invisible day. Um, but maybe not. It depends on an interesting discrepancy between the, the John account and Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic accounts. All right, so... John is very clear. We're going to jump forward a couple of days to be able to think this through. In John's account, it's very clear that when the Savior is on the cross and he dies, that that's the same time they're killing the Passover lambs. But in the synoptic accounts, they're celebrating the Passover at the time they're celebrating the Passover lambs. So for John, they must celebrate the Passover before the actual Passover if he's going to be killed when they're celebrating the past or, or sacrificing the Passover lambs. And this is a really important bit of symbolism for John. So we have a couple of, of choices. One, either John is right and the synoptic gospels just got it wrong. Or two, the synoptic gospels have it right. And John, probably because he's really trying to emphasize this lamb of God symbolism that he uses throughout his gospel so much, he just kind of uh, adjusts in his story when it is, and it actually happened when the Synoptic Gospel writers uh, talked about. Or there is a third option, and I often prefer if there's an option that that makes it so that all the accounts seem to be correct. That's usually the preferable option, but who knows? We really, really don't know in this case. I don't know. And, but the and it doesn't seem that chronology necessarily is the, the point of John especially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't know. John arranges his around uh, feasts in Jerusalem, and that seems to be his guiding principle about what's happening, right? In any case, um, one of the possibilities is there were some people, uh, so the people at Qumran that wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls and some other groups, that felt that the larger group, the Sadducees in Jerusalem, had, were operating on the wrong calendar, and they would uh, they would celebrate Passover on different days. It's a little bit like today, we, we celebrate Christmas and Easter at a different time than when, say, Orthodox Christians celebrate Christmas and Easter. They have different calendars and so on. Mm -hmm. So some have suggested 
that perhaps the Savior decides to celebrate Passover at a time when not everyone is celebrating it, but some small groups are, because he wants to celebrate that Passover with them, knowing that he will be crucified when everyone else is, is beginning to celebrate Passover, right? Because you slay the lambs, and then you go and cook that lamb and have it for the Passover dinner. Uh, and so it's possible that actually all of them are right, that uh, John, in John's account, they are celebrating, and that's maybe why the, the Savior says, I have desired to celebrate this Passover with you, meaning not the normal one. But maybe it's just this particular one, the last one before I die. So and if, if this scenario is correct, then they're celebrating an unorthodox or, or not when most people are Passover on Wednesday. Um, and then on Thursday, he would be uh, he would die. And then he's Friday, Saturday and Sunday in the tomb. Um, well, Thursday night through and so on. So he actually does get three days in the tomb under that scenario. Um, who knows? I don't know. But because there's so little to talk about on Wednesday, uh, I kind of like dividing up the really significant events of what is traditionally celebrated on Thursday over two days, because you have the whole Last Supper, and then you have the trials and the suffering of Gethsemane uh, all on uh, that same day, uh, whether it's Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. And so for me personally, I like to take some time on Wednesday to study the incredible, wonderful teachings that the Savior gives his apostles at the Last Supper and, and the Last Supper as well. So the washing of the feet that we have in John and the administration of the Passover itself. And, and when he says, this is the new covenant that I give you, uh, and, and he invokes the, the, this, and he says, this is my blood of the covenant. And, and that's invoking uh, imagery from Exodus 24, when Moses makes the blood of the covenant as they enter into covenant at Sinai and so on. Um, and drawing on Jeremiah imagery, Jeremiah 31, uh, where he says that God will make a new covenant with Israel and it will be written in their hearts and so on. So all that sacramental imagery, and then the fantastic teachings that we get um in john say 13 through 17 so i don't know are there some of those that you'd like to highlight or just uh we don't need to go into them in depth but if you wanted to just kind of say here are some of my favorite teachings or something along those lines um it stands out to me how often in the that set of scriptures that he talks about love mm -hmm. as the, the the primary focus where he talks about his relationship with the father and the love between and the oneness between he and the father and the love they share and then kind of incorporates that uh, also into the love that we can share with him and the father and with each other. And it's again and again, uh, I think I have circled eight or more times where just in those short chapters, he's repeating himself again about uh, loving loving him and, and then thus the father and loving each other. Uh, good. And I'd say the same thing. In fact, I'm in the middle of writing uh, a, a book. Uh, well, I'm at the beginning of writing a book uh, about Easter that hopefully will come out for next Easter. Um, and part of what I'm I'm really trying to go through is the Savior's teachings on that unity or that relationship that ties in with covenant so much, uh, where you see him saying, I, I'm going to leave. But don't worry, I'm not leaving you alone. You won't be alone. You'll be with the Holy Ghost and the Holy mm -hmm. Ghost will make you one with me. And then he talks about how he is the true vine, and they, they need to be one with him, connected with him as he's connected with the Father. That You get that in, in John 15. So, and, and then you get 
more teachings about the Holy Ghost and how it can make them all one in 16. And then, as you said, in 17, the beautiful teachings about uh, the unity of the Son and the Father and how that can, uh, he invites everyone into that unity, praying that that all who follow him will be one with him as he is one with the Father, that all of us can be one together. So it's really about this unity and and divinely um inspired relationship a chesed and charity filled relationship yeah i i agree and then he continues to help us realize what this all points to is uh eternal life and he says and this is eternal life that they might know thee the only true god and jesus christ whom thou hast sent and so here just all of that wraps together really well with this this love and unity of oneness and that eternal life really is understanding that and knowing knowing God and and that relationship of hesed. Amen. Amen. So we hope this helps you. Uh, some of that is not what we would traditionally do on Spy Wednesday, but I like doing it because there's so much for Thursday. I'd rather not rush through thir- that those things, but just spread it out a little bit. So we hope this helps you either on your Wednesday or your Thursday, however you choose to, to celebrate it, but hope it helps you develop uh, your unity and relationship with the Father and the Son. 